Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. Hi everybody and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us online this morning. We should be doing our week four of our series, which is just entitled Pray. But because of the events that are happening around the world, and especially what's been happening over this past week here in the UK, we felt that it was important just to put that aside and so that we could focus on um, uh, speaking into the whole situation with the coronavirus and the pandemic. You know, uh, more and more people are being uh, infected by this virus. Sadly, there are more deaths which are happening uh, each week. And it just seems that so much is changing at the moment. Sporting events have all been cancelled, which means that match of the day has been cancelled, which is gutting. Um, I've heard of planes that have been on their way to Spain have turned around mid-flight to come back as borders are closed, as countries go into lockdown down. And in a sense, it is an incredibly frightening time. I mean, even um, on Monday of this past week, I honestly thought that as uh, a church and as a team, we were going to be on the front foot. We'd made the decision to only go um, uh, uh, live via um, live stream rather than holding gatherings on a Sunday. And I thought that, well, people could meet in groups, they could have meals together, they could watch and discuss what we're talking about. But again, just by the evening, everything had changed as all gatherings had been cancelled. So so we're living in very uncertain times. And for some of us, uh, we thrive within that environment. We love the challenge and we're looking to see how we can take the next step forward. But I would say for an awful lot of us, uh, we're living with a sense of fear, with a huge sense of uncertainty and, uh, and worry. And, and so the question is, is this, how should we respond to this current situation? We could carry on as if nothing has happened and ignore all of the advice that we've been given. Or we could go and buy more loo roll and more pasta and kind of bunker down and just look out to protect ourselves. And to be honest, neither of those responses are good responses. We are heading into uncharted territory But actually, that's not a new situation for us. Um, A lady called Jane Ryder, who's part of our Debenham congregation, she tweeted this um, this week. Um, uh, She said this, uh, telling myself, I'm not seeing my husband, brother or son go off to fight in a war. I'm not putting a young child on a train to some unknown destination like my grandparents did. This is different. It's unprecedented, but it's not impossible. And I loved her perspective on this situation because, of course, there are accounts all over the place of people finding themselves in uncharted territory. There's an Old Testament account where the Israelites are finding themselves in that place. Basically, just to give a little bit of context, for 400 years, they'd been held hostage, really, as slaves in Egypt. Pharaoh was in control. He was the one who was putting the orders in. And and the Israelites just had to do whatever they were told to do. They worked seven days a week and they cried out year after year for God to come and rescue them. And it just seemed that God was silent. God wasn't doing anything. 
And then after 400 years, someone walks into Egypt and makes his way to Pharaoh and his name is Moses. And Moses says those words, let my people go. And Pharaoh, the Bible says Pharaoh's uh, heart was hardened. Uh, And so 10 plagues came. And on the 10th plague, when Pharaoh's oldest son died, he eventually says, go, just, just take, take whatever you want and leave. And so the rescue of the people of Israel had begun. So they made their way out of Egypt and uh, they were walking their way into freedom. When Pharaoh changes his mind and he sends his army to go and to um, uh, arrest them or to, to bring the whole nation back, he thought, what have I done? I've just let go all my slaves. And so the people of Israel are walking towards freedom, but in fact, they suddenly find themselves trapped because there is wilderness all around them. In front of them is the Red Sea and behind them are the Egyptians coming to capture them. And this is how it's recorded in Exodus, Exodus chapter 14. When Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel looked up and indeed the Egyptians were marching after them and they were extremely terrified. So the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And then they said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. They had found themselves in a new situation. They had never been this way before. Surrounded by desert, sea in front, the army behind. And they are trapped and they are under threat. And it is the perfect storm for two very negative responses. One was fear and the second one was blame. Fear. That's uh, in our media. In our, me- our media has used fear as a tool, I believe, in, in this um, uh, journey of this pandemic. I was listening to Five Live um, just a few days ago, and the presenter was speaking to a hospital worker, and everything about the questions that he was asking was to try and get the hospital worker to say that the hospitals wouldn't cope, um, and so that there would be uh, the older generation, old people would die, not even within wards. Everything about that interview was about fear-mongering, and it was tragic, it was horrible. So fear, fear can grip us. It's why so many shops are out of food and out of stock at the moment. Sarah and I, uh, we went to Tesco's yesterday to do some shopping for my in-laws. And honestly, the shelves were clear apart from salad and cakes which I'm not quite sure what that tells us. but um, uh, And when we were uh, going up and just um, uh, paying for our shopping, the two uh, people at the checkout point, we just got talking with them and uh, they said that they have had some awful people who have shouted at them, who have so disrespected them when they've had to put a limit on how much people are buying of certain items. And Sarah just uh, just spoke to both of them and said, well, look, we just want to say thank you for what you're doing. We think you're doing a great job. And it was really interesting that one of them, honestly, one of them teared up as Sarah said that. We, we are living in such a fear-filled time. But also what we'll capture is, is uh, blame being passed 
you know, that uh, why haven't the schools been closed sooner? Um, you know, why haven't the government acted on this? Uh, why are they being so heavy handed on us? Honestly, people are coming out of the woodwork to blame others for the situation and especially over the economy and, uh, and the fear of people losing jobs or, or actually losing jobs. Uh, and people are blaming straight away that the government haven't picked up on things. Now, the government, whether they are, whether you agree with them or not, the government are doing their best day by day to make as wise a decisions uh, as they can. And fear and blame is just so negative. Neither help. So how can we respond? If it's not fear, if it's not blame, well, Moses gives us a brilliant answer to that question. This is how he goes on. But Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see again. The Lord shall fight for you while you hold your peace. Moses picks up on three things which I think you and I need to put into practice as we go through this period of uncertainty. Number one, he says, is fear not. That is the most common command that we find in the Bible. And it's the most common command because it's the most frequent struggle that you and I will have. And we are brilliant. We have this natural ability to fuel our fears. And so we think about them all the time and we'll speak them out. Uh, and, uh, and in a sense, it gains this momentum of all the more fear. It's interesting. Um, that, uh, uh, well, actually, I think it's really important that we keep up to date with the events, but we don't get consumed by it, that we can follow social media, but we don't get consumed by it. And when we talk with people, of course, we can talk about the situation, but let's expand our conversations wider than the coronavirus. Uh, if we don't, fear will just keep generating within our lives. You know, Jesus had lots to say about fear and about how we can counter fear. There was one time he was with his disciples and uh, he said these words to them. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. In other words, you haven't got to worry. Don't fear. Trust in God and trust also in me. In other words, he's saying this, that the antidote to fear is to trust it's faith and it's faith in him. I mentioned it the other day um, in a previous talk. Craig Rochelle had used this quote. He said, what we fear most reveals where we trust God the least. And we so often fear um, grabs us because um, it's out of our control and we hate things being out of our control. But actually, when we learn to trust God, even during the uncertain times, faith can beat fear. Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world can't give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus is speaking about, first of all, he's saying, trust me. And then there's a gift which he wants to give to us. And it's the gift of peace. And often when Jesus would speak about that, it was linked with the Holy Spirit, his presence coming to live within us. And so we can have peace. Why? Because we know that God is with us in our anxiety, in our situations. And do you know what? This situation, I promise you, is not a surprise to God. It's not. Because God is faithful and God is always in control. 
that God is good and that actually, even though we can't see it, God still has a plan. That God is present because he promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. And honestly, I believe that God is working behind the scenes in our current circumstances. And so God wants to replace panic with peace and he wants to replace fear with faith, which is why he says, trust me, and why he says, receive my gift of peace. So Moses, first of all, says, fear not. Then he says this, he says, stand firm. And Moses was basically asking them to hold their position, to be resolute in where they are. And actually, if there's ever a time for courage for you and I, it is now. Because we will be tempted just to close in on ourselves and look after number one. But we need to be resolute. We need to stand our ground with obeying what it is that Jesus taught about how we should be living our lives. Dan Walker, the um, TV presenter, tweeted this verse um, just uh, two days ago. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not only looking out for your own interests, um, but uh, to the interests of others. You know, what have we seen with the shopping? <laughs> uh, we've seen people only out for their own interests. And Jesus is saying there's a better way of doing that. You know, a man called John the Baptist, he described when we have faith, it should change our actions. And he says, if you've got um, uh, two shirts, you should share it with, you should share one with uh, someone who has none. If you have food, you should share it with some who have none. Maybe if you have two loo rolls, you should share it with one who has none. If you have two bags of pasta, do the same as well. We need to stand firm on the principles that Jesus set out for life. And so over this next little while, why don't you print off one of the postcards from our website and you can put your telephone number and your address and your name on it and you can put it through your neighbour's doors, especially if you know people who are vulnerable. And you can post it through, which says, if you need help with shopping, if you have uh, any kind of emergency, if you need help with posting, uh, posting stuff, uh, then we can offer ourselves to be good news to those in need. That's the life that Jesus calls us to, to be sacrificial ourselves in order to serve others. That's what we should be standing firm on as we go through this period. So fear not, stand firm. And finally, he said this, see the salvation of the Lord. In other words, see God at work. The Chinese word for crisis is depicted in uh, two different characters. One is danger and the other is opportunity. And Israel, when they were in this position with the Egyptians coming up uh, behind them uh, and the Red Sea in front of them, uh, the crisis for them was obvious that there was danger. But do you know what? There was huge opportunity for God to work. And he did. And as Moses planted, the, uh, planted his staff at the edge of the Red Sea and the waters parted, God performed the most incredible miracle to rescue those people. In this crisis, do you know what? I believe that there is opportunities for us to pray to see God at work. 
You know, so many people are questioning. Uh, They're shaken by what's happened. They're wondering what on earth is going on in life. And Jesus has something so positive to say into that situation. So we have a chance to pray that prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, God, would you come here and would you demonstrate your power and your working in this situation? In AD 251, in a place called Carthage, which is in Tunisia, uh, there was an, uh, an awful plague uh, and there were dead bodies in the streets as so many people were dying from this plague and it caused immense fear. And so people were fleeing for their lives. And there was one church leader who called the Christians not to run, but to stay. His name was uh, Cyprian. And he urged the Christians to care for those who were sick and for those who were um, uh, struggling. And do you know what the report that came back for the minority Christian community, as they provided nursing, they had a higher rate of survival than others. And those who were cared by those Christians all of those years ago were open to faith. Why? Because their faith hadn't worked. And they found these Christians making life work better. Do you know what? Just as God did the miraculous for Israel in parting the Red Sea, just as God did the miraculous through that early church uh, in Tunisia, so God can work in this situation too if we're willing to be sacrificial and not selfish, if we're willing to shine our light and not hide it, and if we're willing to find ways to engage. Engagement is going to be so important over this next little while, so we have to be creative in how we do that. But we can be good news and we can see God at work. I just want to finish off by reading um, a poem because uh, despite all the despair and all the uncertainty, um, I I think uh, a guy called Richard Hendry, who's written a poem called Lockdown, speaks brilliantly into our situation and can breathe hope to us. He writes this. They say that when Wuhan, after so many years of noise, you can hear the birds again. They say that after just a few weeks of quiet, the sky no longer is thick with fumes, but they're blue and grey and clear. They say that in the streets of Assisi, people are singing to each other across empty squares, keeping their windows open so that those who are alone may hear the sound of family around them. They say that a hotel in the west of Ireland is offering free meals and delivery to the housebound. And today, A young woman I know is busy spreading flyers with her number through the neighbourhood so that the elderly may have someone to call on. Today, people are prepared to welcome and shelter the homeless, the sick, the weary. And all over the world, people are slowing down and reflecting. All over the world, people are looking at their neighbours in a new way. All over the world, people are waking up to a new reality, to how big we really are, to how little control we really have, and to what really matters, which is to love. So we pray and we remember that yes, there is fear, but there doesn't have to be hate. Yes, there's isolation, but there doesn't have to be loneliness. Yes, there is panic buying, but there doesn't have to be meanness. 
Yes, there is a sickness, but there doesn't have to be disease of the soul. And yes, there's even death, but there can always be a rebirth of love. Wake to the choices that you make as to how to live now. Today, breathe. Listen, behind the factory noises of your panic, the birds are singing again. The sky is clearing. Spring is coming. And we are always encompassed by love. So open the windows of your soul. And though you may not be able to touch, across the empty square, sing. Let me pray. Lord, in these uncertain and unprecedented times, we desperately need to know your peace and to know your work and to know your way. So would you help us to fear not? Would you help us to stand firm in the life that you've called us to, which is of service to others, not just for our own gain? And Lord, would you enable us to see the salvation of the Lord, in other words, to see you at work in this situation. And God, would you use us and would you use our lives that that might be a song for others to hear. A song of hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, so that's everything for this Sunday, but do connect with us next week as we meet again at 10.30 live online. Yeah, we'll look forward to being with you again this time next week. Uh, And in the meantime, don't forget to stay connected with us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the different ways. Have a good week.